Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Bankole Mokwede, and I'm joined by... Hmm. Oh, my God. I did not miss this. I stopped praying like all, like, just like the corniest introductions ever, but I haven't got anything in my mind right now. I mean, I literally just say my name. You can just say your <laughs> name as well. Oh, my God. Joined by George Bureau Okay. Right, thank God we got there in the end. <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about Succession Season 1. We don't know exactly when it's coming out, so we're recording this like during our break. Uh, well, what you what you been doing during the break? What have I been doing? Mm-hmm. Um, what have I been doing? Um, reading, I guess. Reading. You've not been reading. <laughs> don't don't do that. You've not Actually. been reading. <laughs> don't, I don't know if you're lying to. You've not been reading. I, I, oh I, try, to, I, try, to, I try to tell our listeners that I, I haven't got the capacity. Yes. To yes. I'm. I'm saying it. You've not been reading. Okay, maybe um, not reading. Okay, arguing people on Twitter, um, not on FIFA, and going to the gym, I guess. Yeah. Those three things. Okay. What have you been watching? Um, what a few fun movies this summer. Watch The Suicide Squad, which is better than the movie that we did a live rewatch <laughs> to. <laughs> it was much better than 2016 Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I watched Free Guy, which was also weirdly fun and unexpectedly like good i didn't i didn't think it was actually going to be good was that the one with ryan reynolds mm-hmm. um jody commerce he went from very good scarjo to blake lively yes yes i know he went from scarjo to blake lively i aspire for such more also anyway <laughs> he's very funny you just need to yeah, be very funny must, personality must be up there yeah yeah i guess you just you just need to be funny <laughs> but you obviously you you rate blake lively much um, very highly don't you Listen, listen. Is that is that from what Gossip Girl days? Gossip Girl days, yeah. I remember there was a time in there was a term in Lola where you used to sign everything on XOXO Gossip Girl. No, that was your thing. Me, don't 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 like you see it's like XOXO Jeez, the Gossip Girl. Thanks, crazy. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like <laughs> quiet. I'm Gossip Girl. Oh my gosh. gosh. Anyway, yeah, but like, look, we're coming we're coming to full movie season. I'm excited. Um, Ridley Scott dropped his two trailers so for his exciting. two two movies that are coming out this year. Last duel with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Judy Comer again and Adam Driver. House okay. of Gucci with Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. Al Pacino. Al <laughs> like, <laughs> Red Letter, like, it's just good. That movie, I feel like there's a slight chance it's bad, right? But I think mo- most likely it's either going to be very good or like very ridiculous. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Like it's just going to be like, like, like you like this is such a great time. Well, is it the house? Or it's be an Oscar or contender. Or the house of Gucci. Um, house of Gucci. Okay. Last duel. It's as well. I'm I'm very scared about that. That one is either going to be good or bad. Like there is no. I'm really scared about that one. Yeah, last duel. I'm. I'm it's obviously Ben Affleck and Madame are, are, are writing together for the first time mm-hmm. in what, over 20 years. Really, Scott is 83, by the way. 83. 83, and he's bringing out two movies in this in this coronavirus <laughs> year. It, it's mm. ridiculous. It's like, was it Clint Eastwood as well? Over 90? So 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Clint Eastwood was 70. <laughs> 20 he has a movie coming out this year. Yeah, it does. Um, it's like another Western or something. Macho, crime macho. Right. I saw the trailer and I was like, nope, no. This is a Western. It's a Western. A new Western. It's not, it's not really a Western, but it's, yeah, it's, I was like, no, thank you. Clint Eastwood, I'm fine. I hate the fact that Succession has made me come out of the break to record these, these two episodes on, on the show, but like, it's Succession, man. It's best show on TV. Best show on we TV. Well, top two, either that or Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, yeah. Speaking of, uh, oh, obviously, we joined the multitude that sent our best wishes to Bob Odenkirk, who, like, while we're on break, he obviously had yeah. the incident. And it's really I think he now. should be, I think he's all right now. The tweet yeah, was I think, yeah. Did you watch that, his action movie, where he was, like, beating Yeah, up? I did. Nobody. Yeah, I did. It was good. Was it good? It was good. Actually, it was I watched it, I was like, um, what's his name? <laughs> Saul Goodman beating up people. I think I'm going to watch Arsenal or something. That's be- oh, you did, that was what you thought was better to watch. I, I thought that would be better. <laughs> Turned out I was wrong. <laughs> um, no, it's like it's not. It's not going to redefine the genre. <clears throat> but it was a good movie. It was fun. It was like fun. written by the the writer of John Wick and everything. It's like it's a good movie. It's you know those movies are like 
there are a lot of mid, mm-hmm. and it's also so easy to make it bad. Those kind of movies, but like this is not a mid movie. This is it's good. It's on the good side. Was it? Was it? But equal, it's not like was it equalizer great. level? I think it was better than equalizer. Oh, wow! But do we say equalizer is mid? <laughs> well, it's it's not good. Like if equalizer was not Denzel in that role, was anybody else? It would be terrible, right? Kind of, yeah. 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 And this is Bob Odenkirk in a movie. Like, so he's not Keanu Reeves, and the movie is still good. So, yeah, I think that's an equalizer. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I think that's an equalizer. Um, Obiara, right, say something to me. Keanu Reeves. Fuck off. Let's talk about succession. Jesus, I was not expecting that at all. I just like, that's walking me off now. Who needs fucking coffee? How come the, the wine list doesn't have any prices? Because they're obscene. Look, here's the thing about being rich, okay? It's fucking great, okay? It's like being a superhero, only better. You get to do what you want. The authorities can't really touch you. You get to wear a costume, but it's designed by Armani, and it doesn't make you look like a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be the defining moment of your life. It'd eat everything. A rich kid kills a boy. You'd never be anything else. <laughs> or, you know, it could be what it should be. Nothing at all. A sad little detail at a lovely wedding where father and son are reconciled. You're my boy. You're my number one boy. Um, so ahead of its season three return, we're going to talk about Succession season one. And Obi Wan are joined by making his return since the Denzel episode. Jake, <laughs> where's my fucking money, Jake? Is Mark Carey. Yo, yo. Making his debut on the podcast. This was on Alpature. Hello, hello. We're going to talk about the Royce. We're going to talk about money. So, obviously, when we, on, when we spoke about another round, we had drinks with us. Now we're talking about succession. So, what, what do we have with us? Coke? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Coke is the kicker, isn't it? Checkered slippers, maybe? Who knows? <laughs> um... Let's just, let's just go straight because we have so much to talk about. This show is... Let's just go into When Obi-Wan started with you, how do you find out about the show? What are your thoughts on the show now? Like, what are your thoughts on when you started the show? Like, just... Yeah. So a lot of people are, like, talking about this show on Twitter, that it's, like, the best show on TV that no one is watching. So I'm just give it a watch. Then, like, the first five minutes, I was just like, I'm in. I watched, like, the first four episodes. I went to bed at, like, five in the morning. So, like, I'm completely... I'm completely in all the way and it, like it's just blends like dark comedy like it's mm-hmm. basically part of my mm-hmm. vocab part of my verbiage all the time and it just blends the darkest of comedy and just makes lights of such like dark subjects and also it tells a really good story the characters are incredible and it's just a good it's just a nice easy watch man and like it's a good show and it's a nice good easy watch so yeah mm. you guys Mark I'm sorry how did you find out about Succession? Succession? Um, I don't know. I think, I can't really remember. Actually, what happened? I just, my customary IMDb, um, most popular, growth by ranks. See, I, it came I, up. I hate that you do that so much. I, know. I hate that you do that it, so much. It's a great system. IMDb as well. Yeah, I know, I know. Especially after what you just said. No, but it works every time. So go IMDb, what's, what's popular and past eight on the ratings. And then I think I was like, yo, thank you. This, this succession show, is, is it good? And he's like, yo. <laughs> and look at me now. Uh, so, so no, succession is amazing, man. I think for me it was when season two was just about to start. And then there was succession in the air. Banky was like, oh, yeah, I have a show for you. I know you like it because if you know mm-hmm. me, I like a lot of um, business type, money type uh, programs. And then I started watching it and I was like, yeah, <laughs> and I think the Logan, the intro to Logan in the first episode, yeah, 
you're like, yeah. And I was like, so, yeah, yeah. This, 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 guy, this, guy yeah. <laughs> this guy must be fucking important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for anyone who's listening to this episode that doesn't know, Succession is obviously created and written by, head written by Jesse Armstrong, who is like, he's from that class of British. Yeah. Like, they're all their guys. Like, so it's Jesse Armstrong, Amanda Yanucci, like, um, Will Smith, and not that Will Smith. Um, so, like, the guys of, like, Peep Show, The Thick of It, Veep. So, like, Four Lions, those, those are the guys. So, like, those four lines. Kind of comedy. Four, four Lions is there. So, I think AO, I think they had done, they had done eight episodes of season one, and AO was like, Succession. To be fair, no one was Succession in the first season. Like, nobody was talking about it. I was like, oh, Succession. I think I've seen this Sky advert. And it was like, yeah, just eight episodes, watch it. Eight episodes so far, watch it. And it was like, it's like a story about the Murdoch family. So I went in thinking it was like a HBO drama. Like, I was thinking like it was a full on, like a proper drama. I think I didn't, I didn't expect like the mockumentary style, the Veep style of shooting, the office style of camera movement. I was like, this is, this is a bit great. And it was, it was mm-hmm. trying to be funnier than I thought it was going to be. So I was like, oh, I'm not really, I don't know if I'm really feeling this show. So then I think I gave it like two, maybe two weeks after, after the finale, I went back and watched it with myself. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever like gone back to watch something I didn't like the first time. And I was like, oh, what is this? I was like, oh my God. What the-? But I think for anyone I, I recommend, I always tell them like, you need to just be prepared to like, the, the, the camera style, you need to be prepared for that. Once you, once you get over that, I think. What, what do you mean by the camera style? That's the thing. Like, I, 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 I like. So maybe this is, maybe this is not my fault for me to that. But like, obviously the camera moves like in like the mockumentary style where like it moves. Yeah. yeah. And it's not static. Uh, no, it's it, like, it's, yeah. You almost expect somebody yeah. to look at the camera and, mm-hmm. and do like, yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. so, so that was a bit, I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm, if I'm feeling this. Because the first time I'll say, the, or rather the only time I'll say I noticed that early was with Kendall. But mm-hmm. Kendall, what Kendall was saying matched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The movement. Oh, no, of the it's, so, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. So to me, I don't think my brain registered it that it was jarring. Exactly. That's the same for me as well. Like, because it was the whole camera movements and the cinematography was literally just matching the story. It's like, oh, so what did you do today? It's like, oh, I fucked the bear. And it was zooming. Obviously, oh, also the pilot is directed by um, Adam McKay, who obviously did like the Will Ferrell um, Anchorman films. Big Short as well. Did Big Short, Vice. So like he obviously sets the template in parallel. Like, this is what we're going to do. And like it works. Like the camera is a character on its own. And like I love exactly. that it did. But just, when I first watched it, I was like, it just wasn't what I was expecting. Mm. But then when I went back, I was like, oh, I apologize for whatever I was upset. <laughs> That first episode was honestly mind-blowing stuff to me. Like, I, I remember watching it first time and just being like, how are these people, like... How are these people alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are these people allowed to exist? Like, how do you... How can you fly your whole party by helicopters to go and play baseball in... Like, it's just like, oh my God, what is happening? How are you guys so rich and so disgusted? That poor kid scored for life. <laughs> that guy was this close to changing his entire generation his entire lineage he was about changed, to change he changed everything. a bit didn't he yeah because he got the he got the watch didn't he how much do you reckon that watch cost I don't know I, I googled it it was like Patek Philippe is obviously yeah, yeah six figures at least I remember when Tom was like um, it's incredibly accurate he tells you every time I look at it he tells you how rich you are Tom <laughs> man we'll get to Tom, Tom. we'll get to Tom no, Tom what honestly, a guy I think yeah that was when I was like uh, this, who is this Roman <laughs> Oh, Roman. 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 I think Roman is my favorite, favorite character, man. Because he's so aware of like his privilege and he just doesn't care. He's just like, I'm rich and so what? Like, I can do what I want. <laughs> but you see, I, yes and no. I, like, so very early on, especially early on, like in the first series, I quite identified with Kendall. And so everything, I see Roman through the lens of Kendall. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's all well and good because he do- he does act like that, right? Yeah, I, I'm privileged and so what. But it's all well and good up until the moment you start messing up serious big boy stuff. Now, serious business. Now you're coming in with that same attitude. <laughs> <laughs> like Roman said it in an episode, I think it was episode five, where he was like, no, episode six, he was like, I might like a joke, but I'm not a joke. Like, he tries to, he was serious when he needs to be serious. <laughs> I feel like, a, remember the scene in the first episode where he's like trying to make this deal happen and he comes in yeah. and like, it's bro, like, 
come on, man. Yeah, you're trying to make money here. Yeah, yeah, but but to be fair, it's that one. That one, they're attentive. His father attempted to go and spy. Yeah, but his father was like, differently. His father was like, <laughs> I think I think he's done some like going and just fuck shit or just going and uh, mess mess things around. But yeah, I get what you mean about Roman. But like, I think when it comes to it, like Roman is like, he's ready to he's ready to do the work. I agree, but you see that set this that set the tone. That's like first. That's the first time we're meeting him. One of the first few times we're meeting him. That's the first time I'm seeing Kendall like okay, step up to try and be the big man in the big man shoes. And then that other because even when he when his dad asked him like what um what did you get from the when you went to see what's going on like he's very straightforward and very like matter of fact like this 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 like he doesn't say it in a, in a joking way that's true you better be smelling your fucking armpits Romulus <laughs> <laughs> do you know how much I love that line what's the vote my son that was your best shot. You lost. I think there's some doubt as to whether he lost. Where and Kendall, Frank, Asha, Alona, off the board, fired with immediate uh, effect. I don't think you're able to security. do Security! I'm in the middle of turning a fucking tank up. Frank, house, you you're fired. You call security. I have some doubt. I'm in the middle of turning a fucking tanker! Yeah! Frank! You're fired! Well, that exit package. Asha, goodbye. Somebody sent a telegram to uh, Alona telling her she's no longer required and my best to her cancer. What I want to do is like, only because for me this episode was like the episode that like, it, it, this episode locked me up. Like before I was like, oh, this is a good show. This is a fine show. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, this show has my destiny. <laughs> episode six. Which, um, which side are you on? That was the episode oh. with the voting. Oh, man. After that episode, I knew I was done. <laughs> I was like, this show has me. Like, before I was just coasting along thinking this is a good show. And once that, once that episode happened, I was like, no, that's yeah. it. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to use that episode just to try and, like, talk about the characters. So let's talk about Kendall. Mm. Let's talk about the oh, rap listening, Me cooking, too. snorting. Shut, my guy. Shut the bed, my guy. <laughs> I think that's season two. Revolutionary Kendall. You know, I was born lucky. I'm a lucky person. I realize that. And you're so fucking jealous, aren't you? You're so fucking jealous of what you've given your own kids. You can't handle it. You can't, you, you, you can't work it out. If I'd spoken to my uncle like that. What? Hmm? What would evil Uncle Noah do? Calling your daughter a coward till she cries? Big man. Logan, 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 Logan! My guy, Ken. You, Go on, talk about Kendall. Why do you like Kendall? Ken, you can tell Kendall was raised as Kendall, the first son. Connor, yeah, was from, I think, from different marriage. Mm-hmm. But, and probably the dad was like, listen, we've lost out on that one. Next. And you could tell Kendall was raised as the first one. You could tell Kendall was raised to be the to be the heir. You can tell Kendall. And why I said that you could tell he's the one who has always been the serious one. And because he's the serious one for responsibility purposes, you can tell that his siblings have a better relationship because it's very it becomes quite clear that Shiva Rome are closer mm-hmm. to each other than they are to Kendall. Mm-hmm. And that's probably mm-hmm. because he's had to play the responsible guy to them to being silly. And at mm-hmm. the same time, you can tell that his dad is such a man in himself and an overpowering figure that you can see the struggle in Kendall trying to establish his own his own figure and his own... And that's mm-hmm. why I really liked him because what you could also see... And this is things that this is probably something that we all probably have experienced when we're having conversations with our parents, mm. which is where they think their way is the best way, but time has come. Mm. Time has come and gone. So you can tell that Kendall's vision of the company is correct. And that's why for me, I was honestly a really big fan of Kendall because in my head and how I think if I'm in this situation, that's exactly how I try to play things. And then as you kind of build on later on, as you go towards the season, my issue with Kendall then became something I also complain all this time about, which is I think Kendall had all the right ideas of what he wanted to do, mm. but he just came up kind of mentally short because he was soft. And unfortunately, there's no other way around it. He just was soft. Well, 
I mean, how? He killed okay. someone and his dad... By accident. No. Yeah, and his dad was coming up for him. Like, that, so that's the softness there. Yeah, but, but okay, I can tell no, you like, exactly... Watch, watch the first, like literally the first scene and it's like the Lawrence, mm-hmm. am I getting his name right? Yeah, Lawrence, like, yeah. walking over, walking yeah. over him and, and it's like, oh, what, like, he's like, he's definitely like, I agree with Ismail, he's just not ready for the moment. Well, I mean, Kendall goes back to fuck Lawrence. Mm. Yeah, but but you see, the thing is, right, he goes back to fuck Lawrence because his dad had put a battery in his back. Without his dad putting that battery in his back, he's not going back. And the thing is, that impression would have been the impression. And unfortunately, when, especially, it's one thing if, for example, Kendall was starting in a startup, trying to establish businesses. When you're starting from being the boogeyman, you're the incumbent, you're the Amazon, you you cannot let anybody come in. You have to be harsh from the gate. And if you compare, so that's one example, right? Kendall always prioritized the human relationship. And if you see, for example, um, Lawrence, compared how Kendall was trying to deal with Lawrence to the way Shiv was dealing with Nate. Shiv did not care when the personal would have come in between her and Nate, right? When they mm-hmm. disagreed on strategy. Mm-hmm. She went for the jugular, which is what Kendall needed to do. If you look at when the board meeting, he decides he prioritizes going to see a sick woman instead of making sure he's there and there. Well, see, yeah, but well, it's like, I see that as like, he would have definitely lost if she came over in her. Oh, well, and she was going to vote no, and she would have voted no. So, but he could, he couldn't make the change. As in, what someone ruthless might have been able to convince her on the phone. So that's what that's what his dad. So, did. Yeah. So let me let me give you two scenarios, right? One, it was a five four vote because of Rome, right? Mm-hmm. So if Rome voted in the other direction, it would have been five four to Rome. If Rome, right? If he if she didn't vote. Right, and she voted against. It would have been what five, four, two. Because she abstained, she didn't vote. No, she, no, voted. she voted. She oh, voted. She ended up voting for Kendall. But, uh, um, but if Rome was in the room, the abstainees, like um, what's his name, I don't think Stu would have been able to abstain in the exact same way he did. If Rome was in the room, if Rome was, if Kendall was in the room, sorry, Kendall. If Kendall was in the room, I don't think Lawrence, because he had done what he had done with Lawrence. He had spoken to Lawrence. Lawrence understood the vision. I don't think Rome, and, and then that would have, Kendall would have been there, would have given Rome more confidence to allow Rome. I don't think Rome. Not, not, in, not with Logan in the room. Logan being in the room is what changes everything. Literally, flipped it. The only, yeah, I was expecting him to be. Yeah, my only argument is that probably if Kendall was in the room, maybe he could have, I don't think he could, but maybe he could have like force it in a way that Logan leaves the room. Probably. But Logan being in the room means there's no way Lawrence and, and Stewie are voting against him. They're abstaining because they don't they don't want his they don't want his bad blood. I, I think I think honestly I think it's simple. I think um he trusted his brother to flip him vote against mm-hmm. him. And he his brother and just caved. As he was like that's press. a certain but you're not questioning that vote at that point. Yeah. You literally set this up with your yeah. brother. And like, if you think about it, the worst case scenario happened, and yeah, it was still down to his brother. sure bet. Yeah, and the, the brother dropped like as in he going to that trip. I think you can't deny that in his mind, everything else was fine, but this new information could have flipped it. Yeah, I think. I think I think about the thing about Kendall, and we see it again later. We talk about it later in the episode is that he is so worried about it not working out that he's very like he's over cautious. Like Frank tells him, look, forget about it, Ilona, just forget about it. Yeah. We'll figure out. And maybe somebody was like, you know what, okay, fuck Ilona. If we can we can convince Stewie, um, Lawrence, yeah. whatever. But he wants to make sure that he wins this like seven to three. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want that risk of anything happening. Because it happens again. Stewie is like, look, the Canadians don't really like you. Mm-hmm. Just allow it. We can figure it out. But he knows that Frank has a way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, let me use Frank to show it off. And that's what. Once he tells Frank, they have that's to, what they have to speed up, speed it up, and then they have to do the whole thing, and everything happens. Like the problem is that Kendall is the actor of his own downfall and twice, so and it's like it's very yeah, Shakespearean, yeah. but like it's and not like, it's not from him being inept. Mm-hmm. It's just because you can see that he's really he's scared. He's doing a very big thing that he has to make sure it works yeah, out. Yeah, but, but you see, that's and that's where unfortunately towards the end I start to start getting annoyed with Kendall because when he talks. Sometimes he talks with a level of conviction that you're like, okay, 
this guy knows what he's talking about. But when it always mm-hmm. comes time to execute or faced with like Logan, all of a sudden he just starts mumbling. Well, like, mm-hmm. like look at the speech, right? He presented over the phone. If he presented that in person, mm-hmm. that is making an impact. And, and, and those are the kind of things that it's just... Well, he can't, he can't, he can't do that speech in person. I actually have this in my notes. He can't do that speech in person if Logan is there. You don't think he has the, the way? But you see, that is that the way back to be too soft in front of... Yeah, no, but I think but also Logan is, is like a crazy yes. person. Right? It's not Kendall's fault that he reduces himself to a blubbering mess. That is, that is torture. Yeah, that, right. is, that, that is the, the guy is of a torture. Crazy person, right? Kendall is so clearly, clearly spoken whenever I talk to anyone else. Once Logan... If what happens... At Shiv's wedding, he's talking to Shiv, Roman, and Connor. It's clear. He's like, ask me any questions. I'll answer it to you. Yeah, yeah. Once Logan steps in the room, this guy doesn't know how words anymore. That is not a normal, that, that's not a normal reaction. That's someone that has been mentally tortured by his father growing up. Yeah. So he's like, he does not know how to speak to him. The one time he did speak clearly was when he was tripping nuts and it came Again, to the house. It was when he was so, so <laughs> off it. Like he was so off it that he could not be I love the line he used in that because like, I think it really does summarize Logan's entire thing. Well, which part like, about He says you're like you're jealous of your kids that you've given them everything. And yeah. it's like, yeah. all his actions, that's the only that's explanation. It. It. And but, it's like, but the thing is, right, but you see, in that moment, there was a respect, and this is why it's so frustrating. That one moment, there's a respect Logan has for for Kendall. Mm. You can see it in his eyes. I don't. I think it was angry. angry. I don't think it was angry. I don't think it was. I think it was more of. I think it was more of. Yeah, definitely not respect. Yeah, I'm going to tear your head off your off your shoulders. I don't think yeah. it was respecting him in that moment. Is a, I think Stan was a bigger one. Yeah, but no, no, no. But you see, for somebody like Logan. Respect, I'm guys part of the respect. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, because when he deals with shit, it's the same thing. It starts off with anger, but he comes back on his often. <laughs> I don't think Logan ever really respected. And obviously, we see a bit of this in season two. I don't want to talk about season two. But never really respected Kendall. I think he always respected Shiv and Roman more than respects Kendall. Season like, two. if you could give the, uh, the company to either... I think... This is, is, I think that by Kendall being an addict... Logan says he has weakness. I, I can respect that. Yeah, no, for sure. That, I think that also ties into the anger you were saying. I think he's seeing him. He's like, this is only coming out when you're high. Yeah, and he's pissed. Yeah, he's pissed. He's pissed. That's think, probably more. That is probably the reason why he's more angry. Like yeah, he tells Roman. He tells Roman that like, look, as Roman, him and Roman are negotiators. Like, look, yeah, you want a top job? We can make that happen eventually. Mm. He told Shiv, it's always been you. Like, I want you. Like. I think he only gives it to Kendall because Kendall is the first child or the first son. And Kendall is the most skilled in right. the world. Connor, Connor is like, look, that's yeah, not me. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to the farm but, to be with my person. Kendall, <laughs> do you think, curious to touch on it though, do you think in that kind of environment where everybody knows drugs and like prostitution, do, we, do you think you being an addict in that environment is weak? Because I... I never think being an addict is speaking. This, this, this is a mental health podcast. We believe in, in mental health advocacy. <laughs> no, that's what I'm asking. Like, so do you think Logan is is wrong for feeling that? Because I'll be honest. Of course, yes. But, but then, wait, hold on. Uh, right? Because I will flip it and say, in that environment where everybody is so high up, everybody's looking to get an edge, everybody knows about sending, using honey traps and things like that. I would argue is it weak. See, that's... that's kind I of- just think Logan is being oblivious. That's kind of that's kind of what I wanted to bring up in the in the show about the dynamic of the show is all about winning. It's mm-hmm. all about trying to everybody's expend everybody can spend everybody's disposable as long as you can win. That's all that matters, and that's the that's the culture and that's the what Logan has sort of instilled in his children. So you kind of hear it in like how no one is actually ever serious with like things because no one wants to give other people an edge. No one ever mm-hmm. really opens up to other people, which is why we'll come to t- him in a bit, which is why sometimes you might see Tom struggle a bit, trying to keep up mm-hmm. with Shiv, because it's all about winning in this family. Even if like they're trying to show even an ounce of sincerity, it's like, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. this guy's mm-hmm. all full of shit, because so, it's all full of winning. <laughs> and that's, I think, the only way Logan would respect, I only respect any of his kids, to be fair, because like, well, <laughs> Connor is like out of the way, doesn't want anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roman is a, Roman is a, was is a moron. They call him a moron multiple times in the show. Shiv was largely avoided. Well, she did her own thing. I think Roman kind of views her in a way that she's clearly bright, but she can't get out of her own way, basically. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Kendall knows the business. He knows like the he knows the theory and stuff, but he just can't seem to apply himself. He's like he's not the big swinging dick in the room. He's not that grandiose persona who can literally go in there and doesn't have gravitas. Yeah, gravitas and persona, and he can't you know go in there and you know underbid for a company by fifty million because you know because he can. He's not. He's just not that kind of person. And in this TV show where it's all about winning, Logan always emphasizes that you have to be a killer. Yeah. I mean, he literally says sometimes it, it is a big dick contest. Exactly. Like he says that in, in season one, episode one. Like, yeah. that was kind of like... Yeah. It was all about, it was all about be, being the big swinging dick, Michael Lewis. And that's, that's kind of the show for you. That's... And it's just like, the kind of character is just like, he's just trying, trying, trying. Like, you can see that he's got so, like massive daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And he, like obviously the addiction as well comes through. Every I think every child, every one of them has a chip on their shoulder. All four of them, and like it's yeah. The, the family, the family in a nutshell, is in episode three or four. I can't remember the episode with the the gala for like the children that go to dancing or whatever. I heard about your little speech. My speech. I was going to do one fucking joke about how you'd never retire. Bullshit. Why didn't you just talk to me? Fuck off. <laughs> like, that is, their, that is their family. Like, he's like, all you had to do was just ask me, and I would have explained, I would have avoided all of this. <laughs> let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about Logan. Let's talk about Logan in this, in this boardroom meeting. I think Logan in that boardroom meeting is definition of, like, <laughs> everyone's a gangster till a gangster is sitting in the boardroom meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm sick. That's what he said. And then nobody could vote. And he was like, Lona, have fun with the cancer. Good luck with the cancer. Good luck with the cancer. No, he was like, good luck to the cancer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, you better, you better be smelling your fucking ampage Romulus. I'm like, I was like, what? That was Roman stands for. That was nothing. See the way, this, this is why, like, you have to understand that this is, this is mental torture. See the way he says, what are you do with you, Roman? Or Romulus? Or Roman is like, it's like with his nails, like I don't know that. That's like he's becoming five year old. He's becoming five year old who has been caught doing something. And he's like, he's like, I, I don't know that. Like he's not, he's not talking to him. Like that's not that guy has tortured the children. Remember what Connor said in the nightclub. I'm not sure you remember. And then the when, when he's doing the whole cage, and then mm-hmm. he said like Logan was like, ah, oh, okay, if the, you have two two dogs fighting, and then you decide who's weak, and then you, you send, send them away, so everyone knows their place. <laughs> I think we ha- you have to understand that these guys are not coming from That's true. anything. A man who can, and again, I, I hate to do this because it's season two, I would not talk about season two, but a man who can tell grown men that work for him to lie, to kneel on the floor and act like pigs, and they, they do it. That's not. Imagine what he's doing to his, to his children at home. Yeah, that's the thing. That means he must be really good. But, but, but you see, I find it really interesting though, because. I think, uh, and this goes to the wider reason why I was interested in in succession. I think the core, like, do you think Logan has surrounded himself with people like that to make, to keep himself on top, like in the book? Like, for example, Frank. I think Frank is the only person that tell, that ever tells Logan no. Mm. Yeah, but it's not, they're not, I don't because think they're sickle fans. Frank, I don't think they're sickle fans. I think they're just, no. Oh, again, that's into, but I don't think they're sickle fans. I think but, they're just like, they've just been beaten with a stick into submission. But you allow yourself to be beaten in by stick, especially in the corporate space. Yes, but that's where, cause when, 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 when the payout is millions a year, you feel like it's, it's, it's a worthy trade-off and then eventually it becomes ball on the floor. Yeah. You see, that's the thing, right? How and far do you sell yourself? And there's also his wife as well, though. I feel like she has a certain amount of power that's unmatched with Logan across the entire... Oh, his current wife? Yes, 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 oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I blame myself. I spoiled you. And now, you're fucked. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're a hothouse flower. That you're nothing. Your curdled cream. Maybe, maybe you should write a book or 
collect sports cars or something, but for the world, nah. I'm sorry. You're not made for it. Another reason I wanted to use this episode six as the cool, like the entry point of the season, because like there's a weird, or probably not weird, because it's an incredible writers. But there's a funny thing that happens where the end of season six, Australia Kendall's story kind of mirrors where his story ends in the season, where he's like at this low point where we think his lowest can ever be, and at the same time he's still under the thumb of his father. Mm-hmm. Like the first time, obviously, his father just fires him and half of the board, and is like fuck off. And the second time, his father is like. Uses that power to bring him in and quash this whole hostile mm-hmm. takeover. It's like it's weird how like both Kendall's lowest points are still like under the thumb of this colossal. No, his lowest dad uses his lowest points. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. what pisses me off about Kendall, right? Because twice in both moments, right, Logan is only Logan looks like yeah he's gotten himself out of this, but Logan has only done that because he was given an avenue. Okay, so what do you do if you're Kendall? When Logan comes, calls you in after you kill the child. And yeah, listen, like, when you've killed the child, right, now you're done. Hey, you're making it like Kendall wants to kill the child. No, 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 no. See, what I mean is, right, if, you, if you're Logan, and Logan will probably see it as, as he said, I've just uh, defeated some snakes, who, my son, right? Mm-hmm. He, he sees it as a victory. When in reality, it's not been like a strategic victory. He's gotten lucky. Yeah, okay, that's that. No, no, twice. That's the board meeting. But even this one, he got so, lucky because uh, because Kendall pulls out and Kendall pulls out because Kendall fucked up, got too high, and killed somebody. But why know. was he? I can't, wait, I, I, I forgot as well. But there was a reason. Something happened just before he was like, "I need quick now." Um, it was the talk. They had the talk. He could not. Yeah, he exactly. But again, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not like it's luck. He's weak. He's it's not like it's luck. But Logan literally applied pressure, made him need a line, and then he basically so was going to. I'm not saying Logan planned that. Of course not. I'm just saying like Logan has like the impact on his kids. He's not only like he can't recognize it. It's more like. They don't even realize just how fucked up yeah, they react to him. So, he, so that, but then, so then, Kendall has to be mentally weak that he cannot have a conversation with his dad without them needing Kirk afterwards. You can't blame. We can, you cannot blame it on Kendall. I'm gonna say you. We can't blame the prisoner for like after the the jailer has beaten him to submission. We're blaming the prisoner for being weak. Like Stockholm syndrome is a like, Stockholm syndrome is real. Kendall is not someone that is just mentally weak and has, cannot survive life. This is a man that has been beaten. And I, I, that's what we have to say. That like, Logan has beaten his kids. Those guys do not, you, you, they don't turn out the way they, they are if they're not like mentally beaten. Like, man, that's, he's mentally beaten. You're talking beaten. about a guy who's trying to establish the weak one to, to, so everyone knows, as in, he's, you're Roman. weak, you're strong, go away. Roman says like, he says like a joke. But he has PTSD of being locked up in the cage. And then being yeah. sent to boarding school, like that's <laughs> not a normal thing. Yeah. I don't know if like, like laugh it off, trying to laugh it off, boys. Yeah, like, the problem with Kendall is that Kendall yeah. is obviously way more empathetic than the rest of them. Mm. He's more sentimental and emotional than the rest of them, so it's obviously more difficult for him to compartmentalize. And he looked like he was doing it ever since he came out of rehab and you know up to this point of the show. Like he's he's just doing his hard rap and he's he's doing the business and everything, but obviously. His dad now feels threatening at the beginning of the show, feels like they're trying to force him out and then he sees the Forbes magazine and it's like and you see that it has the, the So now he attacks and Kendall is not ready to I, I don't think you can. Like Kendall, and again, this is, I don't want to spoil season two, but this is part of season two, but Kendall has to go through what he goes through from season one, episode six to season two, episode ten, to be able to do what he does in season two, episode ten. It's all about the character development, isn't it? Yeah, if you spent like Yes, locked up in a cage with a lion, and you're afraid of this lion, and the lion attacks you one day. You can't just attack back because you spent your whole life afraid of this lion. I, I think also mm-hmm. as well. Sure. The, I'm sorry, but I think that was an incredible metaphor. I don't know. Yeah. I brought it out of my pocket. Like I, I don't know. No, like, no. I just thought that was very good. No, yeah, man, so. I'm, I'm not attacking any lion. In the first episode, I think, like he literally, 
I am getting coronated tomorrow. I think like he has literally done two years of rehab. Yeah, like his relationship with yeah, his wife yeah, is yeah. getting better. And that the day before he's doing the work. He's buying Volta. Like he's doing the work. He's just like bro, he's lined up. And then that's like nah. That's, from thing you did thirty minutes ago, man. Nah, you're not good enough. <laughs> like it's just it's peak. And I think there's something because I don't think it was thirty minutes ago. It was the Forbes article. Man. It was the Forbes article. It was the Forbes article. Actually, it was. But yeah, speaking about Logan, apparently. Um, he was meant to die in season one. Like, that was the original plan. But then, like, Brian Cox, the actor, talked to James C. Armstrong. I was like, nah. Like, it does, like, and thank God they're not killing because, no. oh my. So, one thing I mentioned, I realized in season two was just, like, how much we did not get, how much of Logan we did not get in season one. Because he becomes very active in season two. But even, like, I think episode six is the first time in season one where you're like, oh, this guy's a force. Mm. Because the first time we see Logan in the show, he's pissing on his carpet floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then he has obviously had to talk. So you, you have the impression of this guy as like a frail old man. Real, and that's, yeah, yeah and that's kind of yeah. the mentality you're going with until episode six and you're like, oh, this guy's a shark. <laughs> this guy's and this guy's a shark and he smells blood. Like, oh. And it was the speech for me. The speech. Okay, there's a reason, there's a reason why he's like waste-star Royal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I, one the thing about the first few episodes as well is that I personally thought he was definitely going to die, I, and he wasn't going to recover from that. Yeah, so, I thought it was done okay. So they just say, "Oh, they fucked the, the dad fucked him up." Now they go, "Yeah, like who who fighting amongst the three of them?" Yeah, like, no, who, who, yeah. no, it's just so it's, it's Logan versus the world, man. And the world yeah, is just children. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually children. I mean, there's in the in the wedding, and this is like, again, this is Logan incredible writing. In the wedding, when Jerry goes to talk to Logan and Marsha, Jerry's like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you told the others? The others? The kids. No. Is there an advantage? No, I mean, just to, you know, just to, to tell them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> He did not even consider it. And by the way, that scene was why I'm sure Marsha was so. Marsha is there talking about poison pill. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Are you prepared for the poison, poison, pill, poison pill? Do you know what the poison pill is? Or is no. it just a thing? Is it, so basically, it's like a metaphor for something. No, no, yeah, 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 no. I mean, as a, do oh. you know what they, they were trying to do? Or was there? It would have probably been the parks. The parks. The, the parks. For who? So they put out Kendall. No, basically, what what a poison pill is is basically it's an acquisition that when they do it, they are going to kill themselves. Oh, so uh, you basically, right. uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. you bait, so you don't you don't you show them. You're like, listen, if you take us, you're going to kill poison. Makes so it's, it's, it's your problem now. It's not your problem. Are you sure you want this problem, or are you going to leave this problem for us? And so I think the poison pill would have been the box. I'm like, this is you guys now. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of these beautiful characters. And I think my favorite character is in this group. I'm not sure yet. I don't think I have a favorite character. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. Obiara. Yeah? <laughs> that's, 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 that's <laughs> wrong with this <laughs> No, I thought you were going to sit over and then, like, ask a question. I was like, that's what I was What's your response first? Um, as someone who famously only has sex with his girlfriend after she's given her number to to waiters. What? Let's talk about... <laughs> do, you wanna, do you want to talk about Roman? Do you want to, you want to lead the conversation on Roman? Hey, hey, hey. Yo, no. <laughs> Banky, that was way... That was, that was brilliant stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, oh yeah, lead us on talk about Roman, man. Romulus. Roman is just like just the best character, man. It lights up the room, lights up the scene, wherever, like where, whenever he comes on, like it's just like this guy is has no idea what he's doing. He's trying to bullshit. Like he thinks he's smart, but like no one takes him seriously. He doesn't mm-hmm. really have an idea of what he's doing. I don't think we don't really have a backstory of to exactly what he's been doing. Before he actually joined, no, no, he was he was working at the studio. At the studio, it was like the yeah, it was like the the um, Waystar Studios president. Because remember, he uh, had that right. whole problem with the Turkey movie. Ah, uh, true, 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 true. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to hear a curveball about about Roman? Yeah. So apparently, they sent the script to Kieran Culkin, 
to read for Cousin Greg. But then he reads the screen and is like, I'm in love with Roman. Like, I, I identify with Roman. I want to read for Roman. <laughs> like if you watch, like if you watch interviews of like Kieran Culkin, it's like, this guy is Roman Roy. This guy. Yeah, he has the energy. Yeah. Roman Roy completely. I just want you to know, I think I'm going to uh, reveal to him that you sexually abused me as a child. Excuse me? Yeah, you just would not stop. You are one sick puppy. I, you just, you're the one who kept trying to fuck me. Why would you say that? Stop saying that. You don't really think that, do you? No, I'm fucking with you. The way you fucked me as a baby. All I'm going to say is the more I watch it, they were giving us hints. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were giving us yeah. hints with Room and, and, uh, Jerry. and Jerry. They were giving us hints the whole time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The whole time. <laughs> the scene where she's like, oh, who said you do not have to fuck? Yeah. <laughs> They're giving us the hints the whole time. And there's a scene when uh, Roman is flirting with, uh, is it Tabs? And Jerry's in the background. Like, and I, 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 I didn't notice it the first time. I don't time. think they knew. I don't think they knew what they were doing. I think... It probably came okay, like, oh, wait. We have something here, yeah. Oh, man, Ruben and Jerry. That's the most, that's the, that's the best relationship on TV. Else. They might be the healthiest couple on the show. <laughs> <laughs> they have a problem. Actually, uh, I actually love it. <laughs> they might be the healthiest couple on the show. Like, Ruben is not going to cheat on Jerry. It's actually like, again, not sports season two, but like, he, he fights for her. It's <laughs> season two finale. Like, he's like, not Jerry. Like, he's not going to be the best Um, yeah, no, but like, Roman, man, Roman, I, I think I think Kieran Culkin definitely ad libs the most on set. Yeah, I was gonna say there has to be a lot of like improv on. Yeah, I think him, then Greg, then Tom. Like in terms of ad libbing, I think he definitely improvises a lot because it's just like some of, some of the things he says, some of the things the guy says. Which is like, how did we come? Like, it was this written? Oh, no. It's just like out of your crazy imagination. I think Roman, like obviously, we said Roman. Like I said earlier, he said like I like a joke, but I'm not a joke. I think when it comes down to the work, he will do the work, and he's like because even Kendall says like he's been doing. Good job as CEO. When it does the work, it ends up just coming out. Like I don't <laughs> remember the rocket, the rocket ship launch. But you see, again, look at that, right? He, he, yes, he does the work. But even in doing the work, his priority is still BS. <laughs> Think about this, right? His only reason for moving it up is uh, to try and get it to coincide with the wedding. They told you this does not work. It's clearly a vanity project. As somebody right. who's an engineer, yeah, and who works in a technical space, mm. this is super frustrating. When you tell business people, it's not going to be here. <laughs> There's no way we can make it. Yeah. Be so, here. but but if it's going to be here, all right, then, then are you going to sign? Are you going to risk accept this? Okay, <laughs> you risk accept it, and now you sign, and then you're on the hook. So, but but him saying he wants to push it forward is that him being a bad business person or just being like it's a always, normal? It's like, always him trying to prove his worth. It's yeah, like, it's 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 a chip on the shoulder. He's trying, I don't think he's even being bad. He's just trying to prove. Yeah, there, there we go. But it's the reasoning. Your technical people tell you we cannot do this. Hmm. They tell you what's the consequence: potential deaths, and then you you force it just because you want it to happen on the same day as your sister's wedding. That is terrible business. I mean, yeah. do we know that they told him the potential death? Yes. Or he just pushed it forward? No, they told him from the way he was sounding. He knew the consequences. I feel not that sheepish if you don't know the consequences coming into it. But one thing, I think another perspective is if it goes well, he's with his entire family and then he can be like, I'm rocking, why not? I think that's the I don't think, I don't, I don't, I think the whole shoes where they think that's bullshit. I think it's because his nurse's dad is going to be there. And he's going to be with him with the rest of the family. I don't know. He doesn't care about shoes. I think it was the top of the show. He wants, he's going to, Put it on a big screen in this palace with thousands of people. His father is there and is like, Roman made this rocket launch <laughs> happen. Like, it's not about she's ready, fuck she's ready. Um, but you know what I love? I love that when this stuff explodes, he puts his hands. <laughs> That's just good acting, man. He's looking for what he He washes his hands. He kills me, man. that says, Oh, how did you go? Yeah, Oh, you get drunk, you get drunk. <laughs> oh, get something. I need something stronger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, just see, I'm strong, man. But I actually got paid and uh, I was thinking about maybe going to, um, uh, have you ever visited the uh, California Pizza Kitchen? <laughs> no, dear Lord, no. It's pretty delicious, Tom. No, no, it isn't, Greg. I mean, you might think it tastes delicious, but. They make a Cajun chicken linguine just how I like but it. But that's not how you're supposed to like it. Okay. You probably have quite uh, an undereducated palate, so let's go out and I'll teach you and I'll show you how to be rich.
Okay, we'll be fine. Tom and Greg, man. Uh, Tom and Greg. Cousin Greg like and Greg. Tom Wamsgams. We'll have to do them two together. You love, oh no, yeah, I have to put them together. You love Matthew McFadden as Tom, don't yeah, you? You love his called, accent. Yeah, it was in this movie called, it's like, it's like another dark comedy. It's called Death at a Funeral, I think. Oh, Death at a Funeral, it's yeah. Like, Is that the one with Peter Dinklage? Yeah, but you got Peter Dinklage, like yeah. Irish accent and stuff. That's like another dark comedy as well. And yeah. he just has the, he just has the face. And like, he actually has a face. When something happens, just like, <laughs> it pans to his face. And it's, it's, was this season one where he like, he gets, he has a bruise. And it's like, yeah. oh, from Shiv, yeah. From Shiv. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it was a rough night last night. And everyone was like, fuck my sister. And it's like, <laughs> do you want to tell us more? About <laughs> everyone was like, yeah, don't worry. Tell us more about how you're fucking our sister. <laughs> like, the camera, the camera goes back to Tom. And it's like, the face is like, and it just, uh, it's just. <laughs> That's some incredible. Like, like when. Reaction. He has such a, like, a middle tier, but above level face yeah, no, of, like, of like a boss yeah. like yeah like he's not he's not he's not we, all know, we all know you're not the guy yeah but yeah. you have enough power to make our life exactly, exactly. Talk to the guy. <laughs> so I have to laugh at your jokes yeah but you're still not know. the guy it's like yeah we all know but like you know I respect you that's why we bring what we bring Greg in it's like Greg gives him so he needs somebody to basically like punch on the shoulder mm-hmm, shit on mm-hmm. to like exert his power because he literally gets shitted on by every other member of the family because no, nobody in the, nobody in the family, about that. Yeah. nobody in the family respects him like he's just mm-hmm. like weird kid from Minnesota his mom is his lawyer he's weird <laughs> it's just like everyone was her face um even um Connor's girlfriend oh yeah she's like congratulations on your next steps Oh, thank you. I'm interested to know what next steps actually means. Is there is there a greeting card I can buy with? Oh, no, no, your good wishes are all that's necessary. Is there a ceremony or is it more of a financial arrangement? Hey, listen. At least I'm only getting fucked by one member of this family. Yeah. So with Tom and Greg, I almost did see it from the angle of Greg having someone to sh- to shit on. Tom having Tom, Tom, Tom having someone to shit. I almost I saw it as more kind of two different ways of ingratiating yourself by both trying to do the similar thing, so take something he hit from the family, but in very, very different ways. Yeah, but it's like, it's not, he's talking about, no, it's, it's, you're talking about how they came into the family, but he's saying about why they together are a duo. No, I, yeah, but I'm saying this is a different perspective I have, which is the fact that Tom... If you think about Tom, Tom is clearly wants to be an outsider. Tom is an outsider. Mm. He wants to belong. Greg, he's an outsider. He wants to belong. Yes, he's a member of the family, but he's still an outsider. But then Greg takes the path of, okay, I'm going to observe. I'm going to see who has the most leverage. Mm-hmm. Shiv the, the um, room. I'm going to go shiv. I'm going to keep information to protect myself. I'm going to be quite strategic about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to act like I'm an idiot. I'm going to be the idiot. It's not, no, uh, it's not much acting. But no, 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 no. no. But, but I'm, I'm going to use my idiocy yeah. to let people not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm watching stupid and wrong. I have information. I'm telling Jerry. I'm leveraging that. I'm telling the granddad. I'm leveraging my position. Versus Tom, who... Now, it all looks like he's doing it accidentally. He's making mistakes. But I think he knows what he's doing. The second time I'm watching Greg. I think he actually... Is more calculated. Yes, great. Versus Tom, who is just eating shit for the sake of eating shit. Yeah. And you don't really see the player. Like, eventually, yes, there's... You're not even sure what the play for Tom is, apart from marrying shit. Whereas for Greg, even in Greg's short time, Greg has amassed information and leverage that you can tell, okay, he's getting, yeah, he's going yeah, to get yeah. into the board. Greg, Greg is my favorite... Greg is my favorite... TV character. Yeah, I think, I think Greg, my, Greg, my best, my best character on the show. Greg gets it on Greg is just. I, I love, bro. He literally started throwing up in a mask. He was like, nah. Okay, <laughs> what? I, who do I call? Yeah, <laughs> who do what I call? What can I do to get out? two episodes. This two guy is in a suit working. He's got every bro. No, if he doesn't end up being CEO of the Wayfair, nah, he won't be CEO. Maybe not CEO, but he'll be on that board. I think he will have. Do you know who's gonna have? He's gonna have a Jonah trajectory. <laughs> oh, like Jonah and V. He's not going to be president, but he's going to be so close. You're like, why are you so fucking close? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this. why? Because, well, something about Tom and Gray that we, we can't, like, skate past. Like, 
are, they're actually friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, they, yeah, they become yeah, yeah, probably yeah. Greg is probably Tom's best friend. Yeah. 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 That's the only person that listens to it. Like see what happens in yeah, see what happens in the finale when like Greg is trying to tell Tom about mm-hmm. about shift cheating. Like they become like remember when they're giving yeah, Tom's up when he came to They are best yeah, friends. Yeah. He gave actually a little nod after he kicked them out. Like again, not yeah. <laughs> Because Greg was like, this is what I was trying to tell you. I was trying to tell you, you were looking at me like, I don't want to know. I don't know. Oh, Tom, yeah. Tom knew it when he was telling him. He Tom. knew. He was just like, I couldn't hear it. And then Shiv was like, nah, but Wam's gone. I can't, I can't. Honestly, there's too much of Teddy in Wam's gone. I'm sorry. What's it from Love Island? I'm sorry for doing that. <laughs> Why are you doing what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Because we've seen that Tom has a Tom Castano for himself. It obviously happens in season two. Not season one. You just you just shoot fuck up. Yeah, but and then yeah, in season two, it's like oh god, not again, not this person. When it's like probably one of the most happy lives in the world. You know, it's like sometimes I feel like the pain. I get from loving Gosh, you. Gosh, that part, that part, might be, that part tough. Might be worse than the pain I get from not loving you. And I was like, oh my God, Tom, why is going Tom's hitting hard. I was like, Tom, my heart, man. This is, <laughs> this is Monday morning. I'm watching this episode. Like, Tom, my heart. Um, well, Tom calls Greg. It was like, when he goes, after Greg has on all those lines of cook. And it's like, this is, this is why these guys are so good, right? These <laughs> stroke four lines, whatever writers. They have such great jokes in like in three words. When he calls, he says, "Buckle up, fuckhead." Buckle up, fuckhead. That's my. How does someone think about <laughs> that? No. Buckle up, fuckhead. Like why? What? No, it was when the, when the guy when they're talking about sorting out the papers and the guy comes in and he's like, "Yeah, I spoke with Sylvester. Sylvester, did you also use a fake name?" Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, this is the worst thing. Yet. When he turns up. He's like, I guess we're not meant to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Greg, man. Yeah, they have that. Yeah, no, but like, um, oh, they- even when uh, he's like, yeah, so I have this virus. Yeah. <laughs> That's the death pit, Greg. Take a look. I, I mean, I feel like I might not like it in the death pit. Go ahead. Your family. Thank you. It's complicated. Kind of, yeah, but not really. For a number of years, there was an unofficial company policy on the cruise lines that if there was a serious criminal incident, we would have possible sail not home but to a Caribbean or South American port where there were so-called friendly authorities and we can minimize the incident to avoid negative PR. Incidents like theft, sexual assault, rape, murder. Okay, the bad ones. So the bad ones. Great <laughs> ones, yeah, yeah. So what are you, you going to do? I don't know, I don't know. Because anyone I ask for advice, I make complicit. If you know about this stuff, you should tell. But you can't because you're going to spread the virus. Tom finishes, sorry, Greg, so I guess I have the virus now. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so Tom and Greg, I think Greg is just like, Greg the A. What a, what a, what a, it's like, oh I think that it might be your best interest to keep me on as I have some documents. <laughs> you, you mark your bed, I don't know what you call it, but I was like, ah. Oh, and, and, and the way the, the Greg delivers, Greg, and this is why I think he used, it's almost like Boris, bumbling buffoon, yeah, to his advantage. Greg is like, so, yeah, but he's not active. <laughs> this means that Greg is not active. That's what's funny. He, he knows he's stumbling into genius. Yes. But he has stumbling into genius. He can't be. He can't. It's like, yeah. it's like when Logan's like, like, I could, we could, you could get that to work. It's like, what? Yeah. Logan is like, wait, I know who is delivering this message, but let me. That is so fast. Oh, that, that, that works. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like when Logan tells him to watch out for Kendall. And it's like, okay, well. Will this be an opportune time for me to then talk about making a lateral move from Parks? <laughs> <laughs> He's leveraging everything. Right? Everything. He is the uh, best character. You know, like Tom, Tom, yes, Tom should have leveraged this. One more thing on Greg. Do you feel like the reason why I feel like Greg is because he's sort of like a like an entry into this kind of like because like we're normal people. We're not like 
you know, part of the one percent. It's basically our our outlets or our entry. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's us. Oh, do you mean us as Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why, for me, that's why I like Greg. I don't find, like, I'm not, like, Mark says he's his favorite character. You guys find him quite funny. I don't see Greg as that funny. Like, I know he's a funny character. Right? Yeah, but just, just, just the but, way but, like, <laughs> I see Greg as, like, okay. Conniving. If, yeah, I see Greg as, okay, if I was ever in this avenue, yeah, but I just feel this like and he he's obviously not prepared to do it all in, but somehow he just pulls it out of the bag. I mean, you see it more like he's calculated his way. I'm not, seeing it as like he's literally like, uh, "What's no, the best no, thing no, to no. do?" And somehow he thinks of the best yeah, thing. But the thing is, I'm not seeing it as like he sat at home and I'm seeing it as he gets there, he gets some lemons, and he's making lemon juice. <laughs> he gets <laughs> to the next level. Like, he doesn't know what fruit he's gonna get. I think he's just he makes some. I think he's like, I think it's, I kind of agree with both of you, both of you guys' points. I think he's quite confused and like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing there. And he's so confused and flabbergasted by the whole thing, which is kind of why I think we as viewers relate to the guy as well. But I think as he, with the seasons go on, I think he becomes a bit more like the other characters as well, which is where mm-hmm. they, the conniving and the... Mm-hmm. Trying to describe the of the character comes comes mm. in. You know, in episode two, when Marshall sends him to go and get the slippers, yeah, and then Roman tells him to buy the bring the papers, yeah, and then she tells him not to bring the papers, mm-hmm. and then he calls his mom and asks her what to do. <laughs> There's phone calls. Now, here's what I think. I think what we should do is that for every before every decision, and um, Greg does. Just imagine that he's called his mom again. Because I think that's what happens. <laughs> he calls his mom again. He's like, I don't know what to do. Because she's like, who is older? Who do you who do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not as if he's, he's not in the moment thinking, this is what I'm going to do to particulars of power, whatever. No, no, no. He's no, called his mom. That- and then him and his mom have decided, okay, what's the best thing to do? <laughs> but <laughs> like, he's called his mom. He's like, mom, Tom, I said I should go and stretch. Okay, well, maybe we should save some. And then him and his mom are talking back and forth <laughs> about it. Right? So it's not anything <laughs> to... <laughs> It's bad, all this one, one thing saves the day, one thing goes away. What is this? Oh my god. Uh, like for Greg, you said Greg and Jonah had the same arc for me. Jonah Greg was Greg was much quicker. I didn't like Greg the first time I watched the shit. Like I was like, oh, you're annoying me. But I was like, what the more? <laughs> I kind of like you. No. Same thing with Jonah, I didn't like Jonah first two seasons. As I went on in deep, I started liking Jonah more. Right now, I think for me, yeah, it's more obvious point of he's an entry level character. Yeah? But if you think about, okay, I agree with you. Yeah? But let's be honest: if you've ever been in situations where you felt like you had a um, ticket to make it, yeah, where you mm-hmm. felt like you didn't belong, imposter syndrome. It always feels like that. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome. It always feels overawed. It always feels like, oh shit, oh shit, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You, your instinct tells you something. You're not sure about it. It always feels like Greg. Yeah. So I. I I see it more like open, like when in theory now I see, yeah, like more, what you're saying over about like an entry level. And I don't see it as, yeah, I see it as he's not sure. Of course he can't be sure. Mm. But I see it as he's like, mm. especially like, and let me tell you what I saw that made me feel, oh, this guy's not doing When he comes in, right? And then Rome doesn't even care mm. that he didn't bring it. He almost does like he said, a virtue pump. He's like, I've picked the right horse. Yeah, but that, that's exactly the point in that he's, he's, you so, can see his panic as in, I, I, what I like about Greg is that you can see his uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. somehow, like, he picked the right horse. Like, it's just like, literally, yeah, there's a scene when he does the elevator pick. You know, they'll teach you. This is why I say, that, like, I found it really interesting. They literally teach you, mm. you have two minutes in the elevator with the boss. What are you going Oh, that's his episode one, yeah, when he's growing up, yeah. And literally, he has an elevator pitch. I'm like, <laughs> when I see that, that's my mentality. I'm like, oh, this show actually has, that, these are the kind of little things I was like, oh yeah, this show, that's because I've that's spent my time learning my elevator character development for this reason. <laughs> why are you calling me? Do not call me. Is there a problem? Don't tell me anything. Your phone shouldn't even be on. Uh, I signed at the uh, depository for the document crates, and uh, I'm in the room, Tom. Is that okay? Well, you know what you do. But is it okay? Because this like feels like a Watergate so- sort of scenario, and I-, I never studied that specifically, but I feel like um, I'm correct in saying they all got fucked. Of course it's okay, Greg. It's okay. It's a job. Yeah. Shooting bolts into cows' heads is a job, but I, I, it's not how I want to spend my Thanksgiving. You know? Hello? 
Yeah, man, I think we're just going to end it there for now. Thank you to everyone that's listened to join us in a, in a few days and part two will be up. Um, for now, shout out to my co-host of Yorja Future, our guests, Mark Carey. Go Gunas. Our guests, Mark Carey and Uzama Bajiru. And join us in a couple of days when we'll talk about succession in part two. This saves the day, the other goes away. This saves the day, the other goes away. This saves the day, the other goes away. Greg is chopping it up. Greg is chopping it up. Greg is chopping it up.